Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. Would you pray with me? Dear Father, thank you for the words of promise and love in our scripture reading today. Our experiences in this world sometimes make it hard to remember, but we are your children, and your love and care for us runs deep. As your children, we have a special relationship with you, a relationship that people who belong to this world don't understand. When we are dragged down by the people who belong to this world, help us to remember your love for us, your children. Thank you for the opportunity to gather here and worship together this morning. As Ryan now delivers the sermon, open our hearts and minds to receive your word, and may it stay, stir a change in us that we may continually grow. In your loving name I pray. Amen. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebeck. One of my favorite hymns is uh, a song called When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. It's a very technical title. Um, when the roll is called up yonder, since we all say yonder throughout each of our days. Um, but, you know, when the roll is called up yonder, I didn't know until I it up this week, was written by a fellow Methodist. Back when we were Methodist Episcopals uh, in 1893, when Sweetwater was about 12 years old, in Pennsylvania, this fellow named James Black wrote this song, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. And the verses are nice. Uh, of course, you can kind of get a sense of what it's saying. Uh, I can kind of, it's like a Brad Paisley song now in my head, but it's, it's nice. And uh, the, the chorus is very simple. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Uh, I'm sure the traditionalists of the time were like, God, these modern songs just repeat themselves all the time, just over and over again. We already heard it. When the roll is called up yonder, we get it. Uh, but it's a great song. What I love about the song is the, I love the confidence of the song. When the role is called up yonder, by golly, I'll be there. And it's not a presumptuous statement, I'll be there. But it's like Stephanie said in her prayer, the promises of God give us something to respond to and to hold on to. And so we can trust the promises of God. If we can trust the promises of God and we've given our lives to Christ, we believed in the Son of God, the book of John, the gospel of John tells us that we have, we have the right to become children of God. And if we're children of God, then when God gathers all the family up in the roles called up yonder someday, wherever, uh, we'll be there. 
And it's a great thing to celebrate. So I love the boldness and the assurance of it. It really fits the book of 1 John, something I didn't know before we started studying that on our Wednesday night group. There's a lot of attention that John gives to having a confidence as a child of God. To go ahead, it's, it's good to approach God in, with confidence in prayer because we're His children. You know, and what do kids do? Well, they don't, they don't approach us and say, Dad, I know you're busy, um, but I was thinking through something. And if it's okay, no, they just say, hey, can I have some food? <laughs> you know, it's just real bad. They have confidence, and that's good. It's not a presumption. It's not arrogance, but it's a trust. It's leaning on the promises of God. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Jesus is yours. Blessed assurance. That's a good thing. We sing it to each other to remind ourselves that that's what we think. And we should be able to gain confidence from that. That should help me on a Tuesday morning when I kind of wonder, do I belong to Jesus? And does Jesus belong to me? So, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. So I think it's appropriate on the occasion of all saints for us to consider not only is there a roll call that will happen yonder and later and someday, but there's a roll call that happens this morning. There's a roll call that happens this afternoon. There's a roll call that happens tomorrow. And I would think that it would be good for us to have the same sort of assurance. We'd say, when the roll's called tomorrow morning, I'll be there. In other words, when God speaks and calls to his family with the rising of the sun, we are there. We're here. We're, we're here for it, God. We're glad that we're your children. We're blessed to be your sons and daughters. And we're here. And it really highlights the key feature of that whole statement is that if the role is being called, it implies somebody's doing the calling. And sort of the divine roll caller in this case would be Christ, right? He's the one, the Lamb's book of life with our names written in it. And so Jesus is calling out to each of us today, this morning. And here in a little while, we're going to celebrate that he's calling out to Nora and to Colton and their baptism. And so we're excited about that. And we realize that we're being called as well. Who calls, of course, is Jesus. Who does Jesus call? The Gospel of John tells us Jesus calls whoever believes in him. And to that person, to any person, he will give power to become the children of God. I love this idea in John's theology that we have the power to become something different. You know, we start out at some point and we're not children of God. Uh, we've wandered and chosen something else. And John says, no, if you believe in Jesus, you, you have the power to become something different. You have the power to become a son. You have the power to become a daughter, and that will be a different way of life for you. And for me, it requires change. It requires transformation. It requires us to think differently than we used to think. It requires us to spend our energy differently than we used to spend our energy. It requires us to become something, to become someone, to be born, is another way that John likes to say it. And so it reminds us that this is an action that's happening in and through us, of, God, of course, God being the primary actor, but we participate in this work, and so we're excited about that today. 1 John 3, 1, if you're someone that likes to follow along uh, in the passage, see what manner of love, like what sort of unbelievable love, this word love is, is agape, it means this unconditional love. What sort of unconditional love has the Father lavished on us? Like what has happened to us that we should be called the children of God. What a, it's a, and you can just hear John saying, what is happening? You know, what, how, how can we be so fortunate? Uh, there's an old legend in 
that in the early, in the early church, that when John was at the end of his life, and John you know, had, a, had a rough life, and of course was in prison at the end of his life uh, on the island of Patmos, but there's a, a legend that circulated that John, when he was too old, when he was so old that he couldn't walk anymore, they would carry him on a stretcher to worship. And he could all he could do was whisper, and he would just say these basic things over and over again. He would say, love one another, love one another. You know, and just these simple things. And you can hear it in his letter. And in his gospel, he just repeats himself. God is love. You can receive that love. You can be children of that God, and you should love one another. Just beautiful. What kind of love has the Father lavished on us that we should be called sons and daughters of God? And then I love this, and he says, and that is who we are. You know, what a great affirmation. It's almost like I can hear that running throughout a worship service. It's like, what manner of love has God lavished on us? And we'd all say, and that is who we are. You know, we're children of God. That is who we are. I like this idea of an affirmation to carry us through much of our days. I like, I mean, I, I, tend, to, I tend to make fun of affirmations when they're like the self-help affirmations. You know, we all joke about it. It's like the old SNL character. You know, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. And so it's like you say that to yourself in the mirror every day, and that's supposed to make your life better. And it makes me laugh at you. That's funny, but it's not, you know, I don't even make your life better. But an affirmation that John is talking about here is something that says, what is the most true thing I can say about God? And what's the most true thing I can say about myself at six o'clock on a Monday morning? And I think it would be something like this. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Or what manner of love has God lavished on us that I should be called a son of God? And that is who I am. Those fundamental statements would be a great thing to say to ourselves when we're in the shower or we're shaving or we're standing in front of the mirror brushing our teeth in the morning before we go on about our day. It's good to take these kinds of truths to heart. I think of the psalmist. You know, David in Psalm 139 says, I praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I know your works very well. It's just, it just seems like a strange thing to say. I praise you, God, that I'm made in a wonderful way. But you can hear David's confidence in there's something about me that's good because you created me. And so I'm going to praise you for that. Just like I praise you for the sunrise. I praise you for the mountains. I praise you for five inches of rain in two days. You know, we do the same thing. We look at ourselves and say, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Thanks be to God. We do this in the Lord's Prayer too. We kind of skip over it, but it's really the most foundational thing that we say. This is why a lot of traditions don't call it the Lord's Prayer. They call it the Our Father, which is really what it is, right? We're, we start out and say Our Father, and before we ever say anything else, we've made an entire set of universal claims about who God is and who we are, that God is our Father and we are His children. So we can say with the confidence of the children of God, Our Father, who is in heaven, you know, goes on. So I also really like when we think about these kind of basic affirmations about God and how we get in on them, how we have a confidence that we might not otherwise have that can help us keep going, that can show something to others that is uh, something like salt and light. And that is Jesus' prayer. You know, when he says kind of a strange prayer at first, but the more you think about it, it's like, that's a great prayer. I thank you, Father, Jesus says, that you have hidden these things, the treasures of the kingdom of God. I thank you that you have hidden these things from the wise, from the learned. Basically, you've hidden these things from people that think they can figure it out just with their head. And you've revealed them to the little children. So the, the children know something that we need to learn. 
And that's a great metaphor for Christianity. It's like children know, they know how to talk to God. They know how to talk to the people who can give them what they need. And we have that as our model. We learn to pray from children. I'm really convinced. I mean, you want to learn how to pray, just you spend some time with children. It's just really helpful. So we give thanks to God for that. So I wonder what it would look like, and I'm going to invite you at the end of the service, but what would it look like for us to craft something? It doesn't have to be the same thing from now for the rest of your life, but let's just say from now until the end of the calendar year, what would be a great affirmation for you personally, for me personally? Something that we could say without really thinking about it, something we could say with a, a deep breath in and a deep breath, a deep exhale, something like, you know, whatever it is. I thank you, Father. And then breathe out that I belong to you. There's something simple as that. I just I wonder how that would help us with our praying and our seeing and our paying attention to the world around us, which has been created by the God uh, who created us. John continues in this letter in verse verse one of chapter three. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Jesus. It, it's, it's kind of a strange thing. It's like, okay, we, we, we are governed in this sort of way. We're children of God. That's our most primary identity. And it's like John's pausing to say, and I know, I know, I know, people are going to think you're weird sometimes, and it's okay, right? Why the world doesn't always take the church seriously should not bother us that much. I mean, we are kind of strange, right? Not, not, not because we're strange people, although some of us are strange people, um, but we're, it's, it's because we do strange things. If you don't know the story and you don't believe the story, it's going to be weird. Every time we take communion and we gather together and we're celebrating that the very presence of Jesus is with us, that's weird. And we believe that Jesus died and it was actually dead. And on the third day, he, raised, he was raised from the dead. That's weird. Like, that doesn't happen every day. That's a strange, seemingly thing to ground your whole life upon. But that's what we believe as Christians. That's what we say in the creed. And we believe someday that the role will be called up yonder. We believe Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. And that that's going to be good news for us. Like, that's a weird thing to believe. So anyways, John says, when the world thinks that you're strange, it's okay. Just go on about your business. Don't let the world shape what you think about God just because what we think about God can seem a little weird sometimes. You, you got to stick with the story. John's going, I'm telling you the truth. All right. I, I wouldn't lie to you. John does this again in the beginning of his gospel. You know, he says, Jesus was born, right? The word made flesh, and Jesus was born into our neighborhood, and, and we didn't recognize him. The world didn't recognize Jesus. And so it's not a new thing for John to say, but he's saying, hey, the good news is, even though the world didn't recognize Jesus, Jesus' own people didn't recognize him, but anyone who does recognize him, anyone who believes in Jesus, has the power to become a child of God. And he goes back through it, right? You're born not of a bloodline. You're born not of a, uh, a particular group of ethnic people, but you're born as a child of God, you're born at your birthday, and that's your inheritance. John continues, uh, Beloved, we are God's children now. Again, not yonder, not later, but now. We are God's children now, today, in this moment. Uh, such a great affirmation. I love th this part, verse 2 and verse 3. are um, They're in our funeral liturgy. If you've been to a funeral lately, a Methodist or an Episcopal funeral, uh, we start the service this way. 
And I absolutely love it. It's, it's one of my favorite parts because it reminds us that in the midst of whatever we're facing, and obviously we're facing grief if we're at a funeral, we are God's children in this moment. That's our primary identity. And that's the present reality. You know, that's today. That's not later. That's today. We are God's children. And it goes on to say, what, what we will be later, what we will be yonder, has not been revealed yet. But that's okay. Because we know that when it is revealed, we know that when we see Jesus someday, we will be like Jesus because we will see him as he really is. And all of our questions will be answered. And all the stuff that give us hang-ups in this life about our faith will be resolved. And we will see Jesus. And just like Moses couldn't spend time with the presence of God on the mountain without coming down and be glowing, but people couldn't look at him, it's going to be that way with us. What we see will be what we become. We will become like Jesus because we will see him as he really is. And I think this is encouragement for the church. I think John is writing to say you should be encouraged at what you will someday see. That if someday we will be like Jesus, then what should be our motivation now? What should we aspire to? What's my greatest goal in life? And as we're raising our children, what's the thing we would most want for them? Above anything else we would ever want for our children, wouldn't we want them to become like Jesus? And of course, it's a lifelong mission. And we're going to stumble and regress and run ahead and fall behind and climb and fall and do the whole thing. But it's a great encouragement to the church. It's something to look forward to. And, I, and then he says, and everyone who has this hope, and he says, this is something that's really deep within us. Everyone who has this hope then purifies ourselves because Christ is pure. So we, again, we begin to take an active role in our discipleship. We begin to take an active role in being different people. Right? It's not just that all shucks thing. I was just an old, you know, I'm just an old pile of trash, but Jesus saved me, and one day yonder I'll go up there. No, it's it's like I'm we're becoming different people. We're becoming we are people created in the image of God. We are transformed in the very nature of God, and we become like Jesus in this life. I mean, that's a great goal. It's something we aspire to and we grow. And I had a picture of it today. I wrote in my notes earlier in the week. Well, hope is like a hinge. That has alliteration. It was like the hope hinge. We can make t-shirts and stuff. But it's really not like a hinge because hope is, it's, it's like, and so then I begin to see a picture of a bow and arrow. So, I mean, some of you guys are marksmen. Y'all are bow hunters. And you understand this, uh, some of our 4-H kids. But, you know, you know, a bow, like when you pull it back, it's like the further that you pull it, of course, to a certain point, the greater the pull, the further the pull, the, the further the arrow is going to fly, right? And the more precision you're going to have. And I think hope works this way. Hope pulls us into the future where we see, okay, we're children of God now because of what Jesus has done and what he's going to do later and we'll be like him. And when he appears, we'll see him as he is. We pull into that place. And the further we go into that place, the more we dream about that, I think the more strength we have being delivered into the, into the present moment, the more strength we have sort of shooting the arrow into today. That's a terrible way to think about today. But anyways, you know, the more, the more force with which we pull into the future, the more strength and hope we have in the present and the more strength and hope that we'll have tomorrow. So I think that's a good way to think about it rather than a hinge. But, but it does turn on this whole thing of hope. If this is what we hope for, it's going to change our life now, today. So St. John reminds us that we have an active role today in our transformation, in our sanctification. 
which is really just becoming like Jesus, right? Sanctification is a fancy word for learning to love God and love your neighbor as yourself in an increasingly strong way. Uh, it's, it's, that's what we mean by that. Well, he reminds us that we have an active role in that, right? We're not passive participants, but God gave us this, the dignity of free will, and we get to use it. We get to put it to work. And it reminds us of the lifelong calling to become like Jesus. And I think so often I'm guilty, and we are guilty in the church, of accepting a Christianity that is somehow less than that at times. But nothing less than that vision is real Christianity. Of just simply we're on a journey to become like Jesus in the world, right? And as Jesus is the light of the world, he tells us we're the light of the world too. And the more we become like him and we gather together, we will represent that light. We will be that light to the world. And the reality is, however we want to say it, uh, we will become whatever we worship. You know, whatever gets our primary attention in this life, that's what we will become. If I am constantly, if all I can ever think about is my kids' sports, then that's, that's what I'm going to become. And that'll, that'll be what I'm changed into. So we will be transformed into the image of what we love the most. So the last verse of when the role is called up yonder, just lest you think I'm picking on the song too much. It is a great song. Let us labor for the master, he sings, from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Isn't that an interesting thing to say? Let's just spend some time getting together and talk about the love of God and the care of God. But isn't that what we do? I mean, when we meet in Sunday school, and that what we do when we meet for prayer group, and that what we do when we gather for worship? We're, we just talk about the love of God. And it kind of seems redundant sometimes, but that's what we do. But he says, Let us, let's keep talking about this. And he said, then, then when life is over and the work is done here, uh, you know, then the role will be called up yonder and I'll be there. So I would invite you today in some way, uh, and I'm going to try this too. I would invite you to craft a personal statement. Just, let's just get us through the end of the year, okay? Craft a personal statement. And consult friends. You can have it be even better if a whole Sunday school class did it together or group. But let's craft a statement. And I want you to share it with somebody. Just share it with one person or a whole group. Something that reflects our primary identity and the primary thing that we believe about God. So just some basic baptismal affirmation. I thank you, Father, that I belong to you, that I am your son. Right? Something simple. Uh, if you want to do that, just take some time, play with it. Y'all all have your, the creativity of it will amaze you and, and the things that you hear around you. Let's share it with each other. And, and then we'll celebrate that and say, yeah, that's who we are. That's who I am. And then the next question is just, what would it look like for me and for you today and for us as a church? What would it look like for us to take an, an active role in our transformation process? You know, John's dignifying us with the fact that we have a role to play. And I've never seen someone who was intentional about their faith formation who didn't change. It doesn't just happen accidentally. Uh, but we take an active role, and, it, and it, it works. I mean, it happens sometimes over time, sometimes not as fast as we would like. But it's a gift that God gives us as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And so as we turn now to the joyful uh, moment of, of the baptismal covenant that we'll share together, 
I, I think it's a good reminder too that the best gift that we can ever give a young person, you know, whether we're lamenting or celebrating the next generation, uh, the best thing we could ever give them is a life that is governed in this way. If we could give them a life that was always being transformed in the image of God, that's what they need the most. You know, that's what they need to see from us. And so I think we celebrate that today. We keep the main things, the main things, and, uh, and we enjoy this moment. We say together, and that is who we are. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. <laughs>